0: Hey, it's me, Bill Wang. I'm not talking about an earthquake fault. I'm talking about the Vierru Vault. Bam, 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 dingy. Grab a chair, I swear, and then sit down. It's my podcast. The sky's insane, Roger the It's just
1: so.
2: Smack a gob! Oh boy, do I have a good one this week. You heard from the intro, the return of Mr. Bill Wang. Hey there, Bill. Hey, hey, Doc, Doc, Diddly Doc! How you doing, brother? I'm doing good now that you're here, bro.
0: You're good, good. Yes, the team is back. I'm ready for this. And we've got an exciting new co-host.
2: Yes, Mr. Excuse me. (laughs) <laughs> Eric Jordan RMCP. What's up, Eric? Yay!
1: Bye,
3: man. What up? How's it going, guys? Good, Doing good, Bill. brother. His All right.
2: Eric Jordan RMCP. It's the initials of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. How cool is that?
1: Hell yeah. Very cool. Very the cool. The best
2: goddamn podcast ever. There will never be a better podcast than the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. Not even Vierval. Not even Vierval. I'm not kidding myself. That was the best podcast ever. And you know what? It ended on a high note, okay? We never stuck around long enough to suck.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that, brother. I agree.
2: Yeah, man. You got to know what to stop, man. You know, what the fuck? You want our podcast to be like Def Leppard or something? What's wrong with you <laughs> our fucking podcast was 10 arm Def Leppard yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah I love that analogy perfect
2: exactly, dude. man if you we need to know
3: when back- to stop or else you end up like Paul Stanley croaking through a whole set Exactly.
2: Yeah. It'll, it'll, it, it will suck we gotta stop we had to stop when we did had to I mean that's not the reason we stopped but looking back on it we can't say well eh, you know it kind of went down in quality nope that shit stayed, that shit was like, man, we should have just renamed it Pimp Hand Podcast. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> I think that one's taken. I think it's copyrighted, some some, some, some some group in Texas.
2: Yeah, but that group like did it like two years ago. We could have done it five years ago, whenever the fuck we started that podcast.
0: That's true, that's true. 2014.
2: Yeah, wow, 2014, what's that? Six years we were at it.
0: Yeah. We yeah, ended so- this
2: year, right? 2020? Yeah. So so I would like to apologize To everybody out there Uh, It's a well known fact That when the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast folded The coronavirus happened
3: Yeah Yeah, I was gonna say That's when all hell broke loose When the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast broke up
2: Yeah the world couldn't handle it Yeah (laughs) Well what can you do I mean hey man I wish you in the best and uh And let him do his thing. I do my thing. It needs to be put to rest and let it be the shining example that we set through the whole time. Not including, look, I'll I'll be honest with you guys, man. I'm not too happy with the early episodes, honestly. Not going to name names, but, you know, I mean, once me and Ian took over, it became the rock and Metal Combat Podcast. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So... And I'm very proud of all those shows. And I have nothing bad to say about the rock and metal. I praise thee. I raised the flag to the greatest podcast known to man. And I'm glad it ended on a high note. I mean, the show-wise. I mean, uh, our friendship (laughs) didn't end in a high note. But I ain't going to get into that. That shit's played out and not meant to talk about. At least not on my end. But anyway, so uh, Eric Mm. wanted to uh, talk about uh, Kiss. Oh my God. Um, oh my God, Kiss. Oh my God, <laughs> Kiss. Uh, Destroyer, 1976. The Spirit of '76. Uh, great album. Um, I will say that man, as far as like the '70s Kiss, it's it's an awesome album. But you know what? I kind of put everyone above it. But that doesn't mean it's
3: a bad album. It's a great album.
1: Yeah, mm. I'm, kind of,
3: I'm kind of I'm kind of like the same way almost like it's a very interesting album but I wouldn't there's a lot of albums I put over it but it's very interesting it's also kind of special it's the first album that was like I, I had heard Love Gun and everything but it was the first album that was mine because my uh, my mom uh, and dad got it for me as a gift so I'd stop stealing their Kiss CDs <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So,
2: Eric, so your parents bought you this, you said?
3: Uh yeah, they bought it for me. I like I said, I was you know, kindergarten, I really got into KISS. My one of my first memories was uh seeing like it was like a music video for rock and roll all night. And I loved the song. I kept singing it and I just remember seeing them and was fascinated by KISS, just how they looked. And the second song I heard was Tomorrow and Tonight. After that, I was sold. You know, I got to see Kiss on the Farewell Tour. Uh, I was only in first grade, like I just told Bill uh, a few minutes ago. And uh, this was the first CD they they got for me. I remember I was at my friend Keeper's house, and they came to pick me up. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, they're like, we got a surprise for you in the car. And it was uh, Destroyer by Kiss they had bought for me, which was awesome. That's awesome, and, man. Uh, I remember going home, listening to it, and just being blown away. It's, uh, I mean, we'll talk about when we get into the album, just what I think of it, like, you know, the production and all that. And actually, that day, uh, when they picked me up from my friend Kieber's house, it day because uh, I was real the Kiss, but kids my age, they did not like that stuff. They liked, you know, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, and like, um his dad was really fascinated with the fact that I was into Kiss. And Kiefer wanted to play his Backstreet Boys CD. And uh, his dad's like, no, wait, like let's listen some Kiss real quick because Eric wants to listen to Kiss. And we played like three songs from, I think it was Kiss Alive 2. And I just remember my friend Kiefer crying because we're listening to Kiss instead of Backstreet Boys. And like he had a meltdown. I'm like ready to leave and I'm just like, and nice backstreet boys C D. Like, show me the meaning of being a bitch. Yeah. Did Keeper
2: ever try to grab your ding ding?
3: Uh no, no, he did not.
2: How <laughs> shocking. Um well, you know, I mean that's cool and all that your parents bought you the yeah, you know, my parents never bought me a C D, but they bit they did buy me a Mickey Mouse phone when I was five years old and that was awesome. I called Hell Mickey yeah. all day, man. I was like, hey, Mickey and Mickey would say the same shit over and over again. I didn't give a fuck. I'd keep calling <clears> him back. <clears throat> Mickey! That was awesome. But yeah, yeah. Kiss the Story would have been cooler. So
3: now okay. you make me a little depressed, bro. But hey, the man. That's awesome. thing. Yeah, uh, I my, my parents were like growing up listening to Kiss. So for them, they're like, oh, sweet. He likes the same kind of music. He's not listening to Backstreet Boys. Yeah, Backside Boys.
2: Hey, um. <laughs> You know, um, I want to know, going across the globe in the, on, in the country of China, when Bill <laughs> discovered Destroyer, you discovered it in China, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I certainly did, in yeah. Wuhan, actually.
2: Did you go into the store and say, Ching Chang Chung Chung, and they, they, they you know, <laughs> I don't know if anybody I, knows this, but Ching Chang Chung Chung means Destroyer by kiss.
1: Man, yeah, how- it,
0: does. It, it does, it does, it yeah. does. Um, no, I got into Destroyer in 1997 when I was 17. What? I meant 1977. You know, me and Doc, Doc, Dilly, Doc, we were talking the other night, and I was trying to think of when exactly I got into Destroyer. So what I did is I went home that night, and I fucking just put on my thinking cap, and I, I figured it out. I got, as I've said on Rock and Metal Comedy Podcast many episodes, I got into Kiss, knowing about Kiss, Paul in era, didn't have any albums or anything like that. First album I got was Love Gun. So from the time of Love... Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and I figured out, so I figured it out that Destroyer was my third Kiss album. I got Love Gun first. Let's see. Rock and Roll Over. Right, Rock and Roll Over. I was just I was trying to think of something <laughs> jeez see i'm old destroyer third and the originals fourth and then alive two came out in november of 77. so oh you got the
2: originals
0: yeah i got the originals which obviously is the first three records so i had all the kiss albums by the time oh and then of course i had alive two. so by the from may of 77 to november of 77 i got all the kiss records Mm. you know and that and that goes for those early ones not I mean, like, what I used to do is I used to uh, have a little cassette recorder, and I'd borrow albums from friends, and I would record the record on my little cassette. So that's what what was my, what I had for a recording. See, Eric, back in the day, there used to be these things called little cassette recorders. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, so I, that's how I got into it. And, of course, you know, hearing Beth on the radio and then, you know, having, you know, my sister like a Kiss song, which was weird. She's just two years younger than me, um, but yeah, that's how uh, destroyer. So probably October of seventy seven. I got I got it.
2: Well, I got that shit in the early eighties. That's how backlogged I am. See, <clears throat> Bill in China, they were more popular in America. Yeah. I I, <laughs> I I discovered seventy eight. I know I've heard Beth and I've heard a rock and roll all night. I'm sure I did on the radio, sure. but. I was uh not into rock, man. I was into movies and shit. And uh I was kind of like um um uh, Kiefer uh, a lot. <laughs> you know, I would I didn't even like chicks. I was just into movies. And um but I've told this story a million times, so I'll do an abbreviated story. My friend played me I Want You. I ran out to buy rock and roll over, couldn't find it. I bought double platinum instead, it had I Want You, and it was the gateway to not only kiss, but Every band. So I started discovering all these bands. So I must have got Destroyer in 1980 or 81. Very early 80s. But before then, I bought Kiss Alive. I had Rock and Roll Over, Double Platinum, obviously, my first one, and uh Dynasty. I bought Dynasty when it was brand new. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love but then, Dynasty. You know, yeah, I kind of. You know, then, you know, I started getting into the new ways of British heavy metal and uh, the Midnight Special. Remember that, Bill? The Midnight Special. Oh, hell
0: yeah, I do. Fucking Yeah. It.
2: The Midnight Special was a TV show that would show on Saturday nights at midnight and they would show rock bands. And in 1980, they showed the video to Shandy.
1: Mm.
2: And, and I was horrified. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Fuck, kids. Yes. <laughs> so I never bothered to listen to unmasked now fast forward to 2020 i fucking love shandy still not a big fan of that album but yeah. i love shandy but you know I'm, I'm i'm wiser
3: now back then if it
2: if it wasn't metal it was crap you
3: know So yeah. i got a funny story about a real quick funny story about unmasked with my dad because um, when i was a kid you know on friday nights if i did good in school they would take me to Best Buy and let me get an album and usually be Kiss or Iron Maiden. Well, I kept seeing Unmasked, and I loved that cover because it had, like, the comic strip on it. I just remember, like, I told my dad, like, I want to get this one. And he's like, are you sure about that? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, look at the cover. And he's like, You yeah, sure. <laughs> I took it home, and uh, I, I didn't really think much of it, but I never listened to it again for, like, a couple years after that. But I just remember my dad's reaction, like, are you sure you want to get this one?
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, it does have its moments. I've grown older. I've recently, like a year or two ago, I I started digging. Um, easy as it seems, I don't know what the Great fuck songs. I said. I don't know what I the fuck I song. said on the episode. Bill did with us because Bill did unmasked on rock and metal, and I'm sure I slammed it because back then I wasn't into that song. Hey, but
0: dude, I, lo- I think I think we all slammed all those songs. Of uh, I, I've changed too. I mean, we gave some love to them. Yeah, but I'm gonna have to revisit that episode.
3: My, my favorite was Bill's uh, review of your "All That I Want" at the very end. That was the highlight. Well, <laughs> um, what was it? You remember. you hated that song.
0: Oh, I do. I hate that song. Right, right, right. But I thought. i. <laughs>
3: You want this whole rant. And
0: and and let let it be known to everybody, go to YouTube. There is a uh, a video of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast Unmasked episode that Ralph produced, and it's fucking great. It's great. It's fantastic.
2: I believe you, because I'm awesome.
0: No, I mean I'm not trying to kiss your your ding-ding or your butt, but it's a great (laughs) I mean come on, on. yeah, right, right. No, never happened. never hey, will. San hey, Francisco, hey, all right. It's only in city, okay? I only live in the city. Don't go, you know, guilt by association. No way, Jose. Eric, but no, Eric, yeah, so. Eric, is
2: Kiefer going to listen to this? Uh Probably not. <laughs> okay, good. I'll keep goofing on him then. So where was I? All right, yeah. So I discovered uh Destroyer like a good five, six years after Bill because uh, Bill was, I was late to the party. Bill was
3: into Kiss before me. He went to go get some egg rolls, and they just gave him a copy of Destroyer with his egg rolls. Like, you, you get a you get copy of Destroyer with egg roll. Yeah.
2: Destroyer egg roll. Ching Chong.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: And, and Bill, you know what Bill said to the guy? Bill said, Hi, all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Bill likes to say that. <laughs>
2: uh, all right. So let's start, this, let's start this album, Eric, what do you think of track one? Detroit Rock City.
3: Uh, Detroit Roxy great song definitely it's an essential Kiss song I mean if someone wants to know about Kiss you play him Detroit Roxy and Ralph I know you hate the intro yeah I love it to me if you're gonna listen to Destroyer you have to listen to it start to finish it's it's an experience so I love that opening intro
2: and um go more into the opening intro because this show is like two sides of the coin to choose from (laughs)
3: <laughs> now, no, intro, I love that intro. A...
2: Go ahead, tell me <laughs> what what you love about that intro. Go ahead, because then I'm going to tell you what I hate about it.
3: <laughs> I love the intro, dude, because to me, when you listen to this album, it just fits. Because it's like a it's like a start. Like there's a bookend at the end of the album, which we'll get into. But it's like it's one whole piece. It's like just it's like Sergeant Pepper's. It's like a whole experience. And I just love it. I remember being a kid, though, I had heard Detroit Rock City on Double Platinum, so I was a little, I was like, what the hell is this? Like, this isn't how Detroit Rock City starts. But I like it. I like the, you know, the car starting and then the car crash at the end. Uh, but this is a great song, though. Um, uh, it's just an essential kiss song. I love the solo that uh, Bob Ezrin actually wrote, because it sounds nothing like an Ace Frehley solo. And one thing I do love is Bob Ezrin's production. He did a lot of, like, little things to just enhance the sound. Like, if you listen, certain chords that are hit on the guitar are layered with uh, piano underneath. And he did that to kind of amplify the sound. He wanted to create, uh, like, a live atmosphere. Like, he wanted to capture, like, a KISS concert within a record. Well, well... uh, All right.
2: Um, Eric... What nationality are you? What are you, like American?
3: Uh, I mean, I'm American. My grandma's side, she is uh, Lithuanian. And then on my mom's side, it's Norwegian and Polish. All right.
2: Since your grandmother's uh, uh, Norwegian or your mother's Norwegian, how many burning
3: churches do you give this song? <laughs> I, give this, I give this 10 out of – I give this 20 out of 10 burning churches – Bam <laughs> oh Jesus! all
2: right let me let me roll out this the Chinese red carpet for Mr. Bill Wang and his opinion on Detroit Rock City. take it away, bam, bam,
0: <clears throat> yeah, um God, you know that beginning, I mean, when Eric talks about being a kid, listening to this to put you know timeline is everything, you know, when this became a I was a real kid, you know what I'm saying nineteen seventy six means I'm old as fuck, but uh <laughs> and like I said, I didn't get this until the 77 i think the intro is amazing i thought the, the for back then and having the albums to compare them to it just it sounded so different you know and and so theatrical and magical and majestic and that beginning it's just a story i just loved it loved it loved it and it was just so different you know from kiss It's like and back then i had no i was oblivious to you know the producer and what was the difference? And now, hindsight being twenty twenty, you look back at it and it was a massive change. You know, people, me and Ralph were just little kids when this came out, but teenagers and shit—they revolted. They they got pissed off, man. They were like, "What the fuck?" You know, dilly dee, bam bam bam, whatever. Um, I love the song. I think the song is just like I said. It's just so, it, and that's a. Great um, observation point, actually, about the piano, uh, uh, Eric, that you said throughout the song, making it fuller and everything. But it's just so adrenaline and so, oh, yeah, yeah. And just like just, oh, man, I just it's amazing. And it still does it to me to this day, you know, um, 44 years or 43 since I got it, 44 since it was new. But I give it 5 out of 5 chopsticks, man I fucking absolutely love this song
2: Yeah, I I Personally think it's the best Paul Stanley Song, period yeah. uh, From Kiss, and I consider Paul Stanley the greatest songwriter Of Kiss Not my uh, favorite member, but, but I think he wrote The best songs And uh, this is uh, My favorite Paul Stanley song Now, I'll talk about the intro I did not mind the intro you know, the first, like, I don't know, 50, 60 times I heard it. But, man, after a while, it's like, God, this is so long and so drawn out. And I, I just, I, I, I don't know. And, you know, there's a big debate. Was he, was he fixing his car was he washing dishes? You know, nobody knows. <laughs> nobody has the answer to that, okay? Everybody thinks they have the answer. No, it could be either one of the two. It kind of sounds like he's washing dishes. Kind of kind of sounds like he's a grease monkey under the car. You know, uh, that's what know. I
3: thought. He was working it, on the car,
2: it sounds that's what I thought too. But it also sounds like he's washing dishes. I, I mentioned it on one of my YouTube videos, and of course, uh, the kiss tards had to argue like they knew they don't know, <laughs> yeah, like no, they're in the studio. Fuck you, <laughs> yeah, that's something to ask Bob Ezrin You know, you can't ask Gene that because he'll be like, oh, I don't remember.
3: There's one time I, I was at a restaurant and I saw Paul Stanley, and I was like, Oh my god, Paul Stanley's like hey, do you want something to drink? I got some Coke here. And I'm like, oh, thanks, Paul Stanley. And I don't remember anything after that. I just remember waking up and my ass hurt really bad. Oh, so that was very look at you. Look at you. Oh, I'm, little- I'm loving it, Eric. I'm yeah. loving it. <laughs>
2: was, was it true when you, said, when you said, oh, my God, Paul Stanley? You said, no, no, say, oh, my God, kiss. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the phrase originated from. Yeah, but you know what, man? And now, in retrospect, I wish the song would have started with the car.
3: And the car crash. I love that. Yeah. I love, I love the car crash. And they even kept it on the Killers version. Man, I got to listen to that Killers version. Yeah, the Killers I, version, they keep the car crash, but they the beginning intro is gone. Cool.
2: I have, okay. I have, thanks to a guy from Canada, I forgot your name, I'm sorry. He sent me Kiss Killers. And I was like, Dude, right I,
3: on, I, I got Kiss Killers on CD at Walmart when I was, you know, I think like second grade, I was shot you looking was back down and shot the, that with the
0: second grade, first grade, come on <laughs> yeah.
3: in first and second
2: grade, I was still trying to learn how to shit <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah, but, but I, I love it I love it, I love the car crash and I love, love, love I take the next one what it goes into a yeah. cover song written by the guy that managed the Runaways, Kim Fowley. Kim Fowley. I love this song so much. Uh, King of the Nighttime World. I think it rips. First time I ever seen him play it was the Reunion Tour. Right after they opened with Deuce, they went right into that. Ace going into that feedback and the amps coming up. It was... Oh, man. I I mean, the fur is rising on my arm right now, thinking of that Madison Square Garden show. And Mm. uh, it's just... Such a great, great damn song. It's ripping, it's heavy, it really does set the mood for this killer album. Uh, to a killer one two punch with Detroit going into King of the Nighttime World. Yeah, oh, and I, I, I forgot to say, I am Cuban, so um, Detroit Rock City, I give five out of five big booty Cuban chicks. <laughs> And this one, uh, this one, I got to give five out of five uh, little Spanish mustaches.
0: Oh, okay. okay.
2: I love this one a lot. What do you think of King of the Nighttime World, Mr. Bill Wang?
0: Oh, my goodness gracious. First and foremost, uh, for for real talk, uh, uh, you know, transparency, I love the Alive 2 version the, the best. That's my favorite version of this song. Well, but this I, you song, know
2: what, wait, not to cut you off, but okay. I, I, I agree with you, and I like Detroit Rock City more on Alive uh, 2.
0: Oh, me too. Me too. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's uh, obviously more meat and potatoes, a little uh, backing, like Eric made the great observation about the piano and you know, the underneath layers of the song that we, Bah, bah, bah. Uh, but anyways, a fucking amazing song, live or this version. We're talking about this version, so I'm gonna stick to this version. I love it. Didn't have you know back then, you know and when I first got into it, I had no idea it wasn't a Kiss song. I just you know I mean, obviously I could have. I mean, written by one of the Kiss guys. Obviously, I could have saw the the you know I just just I guess bypassed the the writers. You know, were on the album. You know, I just assumed it. But anyways. Great song. They made uh, the, the original version's horrible. Um wait, but... you heard
3: the original? Yeah, it's on
0: yeah, YouTube. Yeah, I it's, know, on YouTube. Too, it's on I YouTube.
2: Don't... Yeah, I didn't like it either. Yeah,
0: it's, me neither. It's
2: in par with uh, the horrible original version of New York Groove. That was
0: terrible too. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> was horrible. terrible. They definitely yeah. made those songs better, but I love it. I give it five out of five chopsticks.
3: All right, Eric. King of the nighttime world. This is a song, like, I remember a couple years back, I was listening to this album, and I think, like, someone brought this song up. I'm like, eh, it's okay. And then I heard it, I'm like, oh shit, what am I thinking? This song fucking rules. I love this song. To me, this is just like the kiss saying, here we are, bitch, this is who we are. Um, it just rules, and I love Peter Chris's drumming. Peter Chris, this is probably some of Peter Chris's best drumming, like, you know. The other albums, he was amazing, but he was more like kind of all over the place. This is where he really harnessed, like, he got more technical. This is some of his best drumming. I think even Peter Chris says this is like his favorite album drum-wise they performed on. Uh, great song. Uh, just amazing anthem. And i like to know, who knows what a headlight queen is? Does anyone know what that is?
2: I, I sure don't, but I'd like to meet her and have her lick my ass.
0: <laughs> you want every chick to lick your ass.
2: Yeah, that's true. I don't care what the fuck they look like.
0: <laughs> oh, goodness.
2: <laughs> uh, how many burning churches do you give this one, Eric? I give
3: this one five out of five. All right,
0: all right. Yeah, Patterns. all right. I see a pattern. So I'm going to throw this one
2: to Bill. The God yeah. of Thunder and Rock and Roll studio version with Bob Ezrin's kids. Take it away, Bill.
0: Yes. Here, this version. I love this version better than every any other version. I think it's amazing. I think it's dark. It's doomy. It's epic. And I say it's night in the context of 1976, people, so don't fucking give me any bullshit. In 1976, it had all the, the, the elements of heavy metal. I mean, it sounded it it sounds like black sabbath more than any other song on this record. And if something Hell sounds yeah. like sabbath, it can be can, it could maybe be metal. Well, guess what? This is a 1976 heavy metal song. Dark, doomy, epic. 5 out of 5 chopsticks.
2: Right on. All right. I I I uh I got to tell you uh this is the first version I heard cuz it's on the double platinum version. Right. And I got soon after I got Kiss Alive 2. And for the longest time I liked Kiss Alive 2's version more. It was a little more upbeat. I love that little drum solo. Mm-hmm. But now and now looking back, dude, I can't pick one. I think they're both different songs, and they're both equally awesome. What I yeah. love about the studio version is how menacing it is and yes. how slow. It, it's so slow. And the little kid was Bob Ezra's kid. Uh, you know, uh, like um, the beginning of Detroit Rock City, that, you know, you paint pictures in your head what's going on. In this one, you listen to the kid like, "All right, let's go." Sounds like a little Bill Wang. All right, all right. And, uh, <laughs> but oh, But, but toward the, hey, I say that with love, bro. Hey, dude, I know bro. you do. I'm just it's playing. The on, it's the kid on It's kid on God of Thunder. How can you consider that an insult? But you know what? At the end of the song, the kid sounds like he was possessed by Satan cuz he's like, yep. I there he did not yeah. sound like Bill. He sounded like me on stage singing with Thratford Die. <laughs> it's, like, it's like little Bill Wang turned into Dr. Fuck at the end of the song. I love this song. And uh, I give it five out of five Guayaveras. Guayaveras are a Cuban <laughs> shirt that have little puffy stripes on each side of the shirt. And I give it five out of five Guayaveras.
3: Um. Eric. All right, God of Thunder. It's funny, Bill Wang, literally, in my notes here, he literally must have seen my notes because I also mentioned this is very Black Sabbath sounding, very doomy, and this is definitely, for 1976, a heavy metal song.
0: I don't think there's
3: anything heavier than this. And I love, you know, it's funny Ralph mentions, you know, his story of what he interpreted as being like kids walk into a cave and, like, getting possessed. That's how I always pictured it as a kid. These kids, like, just walk into, like, an empty warehouse or something, and they see the God of Thunder and all this creepy shit, and they end up possessed. And I love it, man. It's just so evil-sounding. And I do love the Alive 2 version, but, man, something about this one, and, again, it's that Bob Ezrin production. I love Ace's solo on it, too, which is amazing. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I heard, too, like, the, those weird drum fills that happen right before the solo. I heard... Basically, those are like backwards. Like Peter Chris did some fills, and then Bob Ezrin played them backwards because it does sound a little weird. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just you know, uh, you know, it's Bob Ezrin just working his studio magic, creating that atmosphere. And God, I love this song. And I'm Norwegian and Polish, so I'm gonna give this one five out of five Polish sausages. <laughs> All right. All right, that's good.
2: Also, side note: Paul Stanley wrote this song. Right.
3: Oh, and dude! I remember being a kid, and I remember reading the writing credits, and I saw Paul Stanley's name. I'm like that's got print. That's got to be an error. There's no way Paul Stanley. There's no way Paul Stanley wrote this song. Stanley of Kill. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, and there's a demo on the box set. That's Paul Stanley and the late great. Oh man, R J J R. Oh man, I can't remember his name. The guy J.R. that introduced Toys? yeah, he plays yeah. drums on that demo, and it's really? uh, it's a, it's a it cool was, demo, huh?
0: Who plays uh, drums on the demo? Jerry Smallings.
2: Uh, oh no shit! Oh yeah, wow. yeah, he's the guy that introduces Kiss, oh, right? Kiss the
0: black guy that died, right? Right? Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah,
2: and mm-hmm. um, what do you call uh, and Gene? Uh, it, I believe it was Asrin that said, "No, no, no, no. we're giving this shit to Gene." You right. know, I mean, yeah, and, and the lyrics were different because uh, Paul says in the demo, like, let's make love till we bleed, which I think they should have left that line in the song,
3: you know. That is a pretty cool line. <laughs> I will say, is it funny how Paul Stanley wrote two, technically, two signature songs for two other members of Kiss? Because he also, the next year, well, now the same year, he would write Hard Look Woman, which is pretty much right. neck and neck with Beth, as like Pierre Chris's signature song. I just found that kind we We're really token to how good of a songwriter Paul is. He's amazing. He Smart. is amazing. I goof oh,
2: on yeah. the guy, but he is one talented, oh, yeah. he's one talented... He's uh, one talented gay guy in denial, I gotta say. Um, <laughs> he may have fucked me in the ass, but he's a great songwriter. Yeah. Uh, and he'll suck your dick if you fall asleep in front of him. According yeah, to yeah, his right. thrill, exactly. he's <laughs> um, But, uh, and, you know, what you were saying earlier about Peter's drumming, I mean... You got to credit all that to Ezrin because Ezrin w- like put out the whip on on Peter. I mean, really pissed Peter off. But uh, yeah. Peter loves his drumming on it because he was pushed uh, to I change, heard. completely change his drum style.
3: Yeah, I heard too, man. Like in the studio, Ezrin like would have like. A, I heard this from uh, the uh, History Science Theater. Uh, he had like a microphone with like a box on it, and like he when Peter was recording, he would just. Hit that box on the microphone, like trying to keep him in time, like boom, 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 like keep time, motherfucker, keep time, motherfucker, uh, <laughs> like the whole time. I mean, he really pushed them crazy.
2: Well, uh, Eric, why don't you take the next track? Great Expectations.
3: Great Expectations. This is probably my least favorite on the album, but I've really grown to like this one. Uh, it's very different. I could see this being the first song where. Those 7 year old Kiss fans were like, what the fuck is this? Uh, really orchestral. Uh, you know, you got the choir in there. The choir reminds me of, uh, and Bill, you're a big Stones fan. Uh, you can't always get what you want by the Rolling Stones. Right. That's what I think of when I hear that Child's Choir. But uh, this is a really great song. Uh, it's grown on me. But like I said, least favorite, but still a decent song. And I love the guitar tone on this one. Um, but yeah, I give this one, uh, five out of five. Let me think here. Polish sausages again. All right. (laughs) Next time use meat head. Oh man. I was going to use that too. And I forgot.
2: Well, you can do it on the next track. Uh, All right. Bill, Bill, what do you think a great expectation?
0: Um, but a piggyback on what you guys are just talking about. Doc was talking about how, Azarin changed the drum, it's just basically the sound and everything. of Peter Chris, and if you back it up, one year prior to the last studio album was uh, an album that me and Doc love Peter Chris's drumming on "Dressed to Kill," great rock and metal combat podcast episode. So if you compare oh, the drumming on that to "Destroyer," that's a very it shouldn't be just bypassed easily. That's a very good observation and good point. Um, you know, a little bit more snappy, a little bit more uh, punky on just uh, to Kill. Uh, but anyways, the song, uh, great expectations for 1976, March of 76, when they released this. I mean, Jesus Christ, for older people, they must have freaked when I say older, you know, 16, 17, whatever. Uh, pretty bold for Kiss in 1976. Very bold. If you base it on the three previous studio records. Um, I like the song. It's 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 not my worst song on the record. Um, I, I give it three out of five chopsticks.
2: All right. Well, I don't mean I'll poop on everybody's parade, but I hate this fucking song. Uh, <laughs> never liked it, you know. And I hear a lot of Ezrin in the song. It sounds like uh, you know an Alice Cooper song, but not as good, you know, Cause it he, does. He, 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 yeah, he does stuff like this with Alice Cooper, but he doesn't, I don't know, it just resonates better with me. Now, the demo version, which I believe is on the, the, the Gene Simmons vault, um, it has alternative lyrics where he says, you know, on the song, he's like, you see me playing guitar and you see what my hands can do. On that version, you see you see Ace playing guitar and you see Peter playing drums. He mentioned band names. And I think that's oh, pretty God. cool. Yeah. I, I I I liked it instead of like him saying, "Look, I'm a one man band and I can play every fucking
3: instrument." You know? <laughs> right.
1: So well, I, ha- to, huh? I'm sorry to talk
3: over you. It was supposed to be them, like he was supposed to. You ha- wanted them each to sing like their part, like Peter, Ace, Paul, and him. It would have been more interesting, I think, if if they
2: would have done that. But no, nah, I did. just I don't know. And it goes on, and then the little kids chime in, and I'm like. Dude, where the fuck's Big Bird and Elmo, man? I'm sorry. I'm just not into this shit. I, uh, definitely the, the, the my least favorite track on the album is the song that I, I skip a lot, but, uh, okay. I'll go into the next one. "Flaming Youth, uh, written. This is the only one that has, uh, Ace Frilly credit on it. Uh, also Stanley Simmons and Ezrin, uh, had a lot to do with this. And, uh, I think this song is really awesome, but I hate, I mean, I hate the fucking uh, carnival noises, the circus noises in it. Like, yeah. do, 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 it comes in. I was like, I love, I think it's heavy. I love the, my parents did I'm crazy. I love the lyrics. It's rebellious. It's awesome. Great opening chord to it. It's fucking, it's just an awesome song that to me is kind of like douched up by Ezrin throwing in the you know the little kitchen sink shit uh, kind of ruins it for me, but uh, it's not a bad song for the good elements. That's what I think. Bill, what do you think of Flame Menu? Oh wait, I give it two and a, two and a half Cuban coffees out of five.
0: Oh, man, you suck. You suck. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna take a picture and show you what my little rate. I voted this two and a half chopsticks out of five. God damn hey, you! Man, hey.
2: It's because we're <laughs> both the same age, even though I'm way more older than Bill. I believe it was two weeks.
0: Yeah, two weeks.
2: Yeah, two, two. weeks. Yeah, try not eating for two weeks, okay? It's a long fucking time. <laughs>
0: Hey, 1975 was a good year. Anyways, let's see. What are we going to do here? Uh, <laughs> Flaming Youth, I love the song. It's amazing. It's so badass. And uh, it would have been great if Ace would have sang it back then when he was 25 yeah. years old. Oh, that
2: would have been awesome.
0: Yeah, I think so. But little oh, Ace, you know, whooshed w- out on a lot of the opportunities that he had when he was...
2: Unfortunately, uh,
1: yeah.
0: You know, yeah, I know, man. Some of the songs that he wrote, oh God, he would have been great singing. But I give this song five out, uh, five out, two and a half. <laughs> Why well, no No, five. Out of, I'm going to the next song, man. I'm starting. To get, flaming Youth, five out of five chopsticks. I love it, and it's uh, great. The next song, I just got my notes in or fine.
3: Oh, I haven't talked about Flaming Youth yet.
0: Yeah, I know. We're gonna throw it to you. You're done. What? You're done, Bill?
2: <laughs>
3: hey, yeah, yeah, I'm done.
2: All right, bam, bam, there, Eric.
3: All right. <laughs> Flaming Youth, um, this song I fucking love, and this is also my friend Nick Mills' favorite Kiss song. I love this song, and Ralph, unlike you and most most people out there, I love the circus organ. I think the circus organ completes the song. When I hear it live without that organ, it, it's not wow. the same. I just, it's funny, when you mentioned they hate it, I just picture you as a young being, tr- like your parents dragging you to the circus because, uh, you know, some, like, some little kid in your family wants to go, and you're just sitting there all cool, you know, like, I don't want to be at the circus. Listen to, your Kiss, uh, listen to your Kiss tapes on your Walkman, but all you can hear is the circus music in the background. You're trying to listen to Kiss, and all you hear is, dun 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 and you're just like, shut up. But no, oh. I love this song, and I love that circus organ. And I was doing some research. I guess there are rumors that Ace Frehley also didn't play the solo on this song. It was also Dick Wagner. I don't know how true it is, but I've been seeing stuff that he also played the solo on Flaming Youth as well as uh, an upcoming song on the album.
2: Well, according to Wikipedia, he did the solo on Flaming Youth, Sweet Pain, and acoustic guitar on Beth and Great Expectations.
3: Yeah, but that's that's Wikipedia. uh, Yeah, but, no, I heard, because I, I went and, like, looked it up, and it's kind of like there are some people that still say that, like, oh, yeah, he did it, so I'm not sure. But, I don't know, it sounds a lot like Ace, and if he wrote it, I'm pretty sure he's playing the solo on it. I mean, he, I mean Bob Ezrin, can be a dick sometimes.
2: But i, I got to say, Eric, uh, I've never heard anybody complain about that circus music. I'm the only bitch that does that. No, I've I've heard a lot of people complain about like all oh, that damn circus organ. Oh man, let me know who they are. I want to have monk hot monkey love with them. I don't care if they're men. <laughs> well, Paul Stanley's one of them. Oh fuck. Uh, yeah, I take that back. Um. All right. Uh. Uh. All right. We're we're done with that, right? So. Yep. Uh,
3: <clears throat> I got, I'll I'll take sweet pain. Um. Oh wait. Uh. Real quick. I give Flaming Youth five out of five Flamin' Pauls. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
2: That's a That's high Francisco rating.
0: That's material,
3: <laughs> brother.
2: Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Uh, did, I, did I give uh, Flaming Youth a, a rating? Yeah, I did no. two, uh, yeah. two and a half. Keeping coffees. Uh, Sweet Pain. <laughs> Sweet Pain. I fucking love this song. I think this is a dark horse on the album. Not really talked about much. I fucking love it. And then I ended up loving it more when Resurrection came out with the Ace Frehley solo. And I'm listening to this Ace Frehley solo. Why the fuck didn't they leave this in? Hey, rest in peace, Dick Wagner. But Ace does a much better solo on Sweet Pain. It makes it more Kissed Me. I always loved this song, even with Dick Wagner. I always did. But the solo is... Much better with Ace, and uh, I give this song four and a half choritos.
0: Oh, sorry. okay. Yeah, almost perfect.
2: <laughs> uh Bill, what do you think of the sweet?
0: All right. First of all, I want to fucking apologize to the audience. I was when Ralph said, when Doc Doc Dilly Doc said two and a half um, ratings out of five after Flaming Youth. I saw, okay, so my sweet pain rating uh, rating is two and a half out of five. So I jumped the gun, and I thought he was talking about sweet pain. So my apologies to your audience. I meant to say, uh, obviously, it's flaming youth five out of five. Sweet pain, two and a half out of five. I'm going to tell you the rating first just to fix that so the, the audience isn't confused because I think I'm confusing them because I'm smoking a lot of pot tonight. Um, <laughs> no, not oh, I thing. do. Yeah, not a, uh, straight up, full disclosure, um, you know, transparency, I am not a fan of women backup singers, okay, except for Motown, uh, Fleetwood Mac, ABBA, Pretenders, you know, ones that it fits, Kiss, no, women background singers, no, 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 Rolling Stones on some very few songs, I love the background singer women, Um, but not Kiss, doesn't do anything for me, didn't do anything for me back then, and uh, like I said, not to repeat myself, which I'm doing two and a half out of five chopsticks. I mean, it has its moments. I'm not saying blaring on a really good stereo. It doesn't sound fabulous, but the, there's certain elements of the song that drag it down for me personally. So two well, and a half. <clears throat> chopsticks.
2: I will say this, Bill. I agree with you. I hate Tomorrow and Tonight. I love that song on Kiss Alive 2. I hate the female uh, vocals on the studio version. Probably Ruins it for me. Uh mm. all those female singers on Gene Simmons' solo album, cringe worthy. Um uh, Sweet Pain, exception. I, I'm I'm willing to let that one slide. Uh it doesn't really bother me as much. But I hear what you're saying. Female mm. vocals and kiss do not females and Paul Stanley don't fit, mix either. But, <laughs> <you> know, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bam, bam, bam. Um but uh yeah, I'm willing to give that one slide, But, eh, you know, uh, whatever. What do you think,
3: uh, Eric? Sweet Pain. This was a song I used to I used to feel the same way as Bill. Uh, I didn't really like it much, but now I love it. And I love the female background vocals on it. Um, this is definitely um, probably the most Alice Cooper sounding song on the album, in my opinion. Like, I could hear this being something like the Alice Cooper band did, like on Maybe Our Babies or Killer or something like that. I fucking love this song. And, Ralph, uh, after listening to the Resurrection one, uh, the Resurrection version multiple times, I'm going to say I love Ace's solo better. I don't know why Bob Ezrin didn't put it on there. I guess Bob Ezrin was like, Ace, there's not enough coke in this solo. You need to do some more coke (laughs) before you do this damn solo. (laughs) <laughs> like, All right, Callie.
0: <laughs> you can never have enough Coke. That's what I've been told.
3: <laughs> I guess this is the album too, where Ace Frehley and Pierre Chris uh, started their uh, their habit. Mm-hmm. Ace Frehley just saw, I guess, Bob Ezrin, you know, shoving a bunch of powder up his nose. And he's like, maybe that's what I need to do. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> I'm snow blind.
3: And <laughs> I, dude, I, have you ever seen this? Uh, Paul Stanley, some of his early Destroyer costumes, he'd have, like, the choker, and he had, like, some kind of necklace. There are pictures of him with a Coke spoon necklace around this era.
0: Yeah, I've seen them, too. Yeah. Wow, i
2: never seen that. That's all.
3: That's so, And, I mean, he said he used to hang out, like, Studio 54, so I, I think Paul maybe, like, dabbled in it.
2: Yeah, he just I'm never just, got just
3: uh, control. denying it. Well, Paul's kind of Paul denying Paul yeah. denies doing you know drugs more than he denies being uh you know closet homosexual. Yeah, well
0: oh, then there's that. Okay.
2: What the hell's wrong uh, with homosexuality? I'm, somebody needs to slap him into shape, dude. Stop. Yeah. Stop acting like you 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 know Paul's got a hot wife. Just stop being straight. Go
3: what you really want to be is gay, so I can get his hot wife. Yeah, girl. <laughs> but uh, I love this song though. Um, I love the. Female background vocals, and uh, I love the lyrics too because I, you know, listening to this lyric, listening to the lyrics, I think the song is about, uh, you know, having sex with a virgin or whatever, you know, so that you know, sweet pain. I think that's what the l- lyrics are rumored to be about. So I give this song five out of five sore vaginas. Whoa!
2: Look at you, Ooh. man!
3: You tearing up that pussy, aren't you?
2: Oh yeah. All right. Well, they're, uh, you know, f- fuck
3: machine. I want you to take the next one. Shout out loud. Shout out loud. I love this song and I'll tell you what, I am not burnt out on it. I love this song. It's a, one. I got to see them play live. It was phenomenal. um, I like the live version just a little bit better because love the part where Paul's like, come on everybody. And then also too, when he says, turn it up louder, it gets louder. I don't know. I just love the live two version way better. And I remember me and my friend, Nick Mills, his parents, uh, uh, invited me on a trip. They took a family vacation to Wisconsin. So when we were driving there, um, the uh, we were listening. Me and Nick were playing uh, music, and we played uh, "Destroyer." I just remember his mom, like, because the song ends so abruptly; it just stops. And I just remember his mom being like, "What happens?" And I just I remember just laughing because it was funny. But it's weird how the song just abruptly ends.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: mm. Bill, what do you think?
2: Oh wait, uh, give it a rating, there, uh, Eric. Oh no, you did. I give it.
3: Uh, oh no, you give it. Five, five, Nick Mills' mom. All right, well, Doc.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, Doc, Doc, Dilly, Doc, and Eric, um, you know what? When I was a kid, I liked it more, and I think it's unfair to. First of all, I'm so burned out on this song. Uh, And Eric, another good analogy, I like the Live 2 version better myself, also. Um, but you know, when you, something is so burned out, when you do the, the podcasts and stuff, it's just like, you can't put it in the context of how you think about it at this moment. Right now I'm burned out. Of but the song, it's a good song. Okay. It's a good song. It's, um, I give it five, uh, I'm sorry, four out of five chopsticks. Uh, I went, like I said, I, when I was a kid when I first got, oh, got the album, uh, in 1977, I liked it better, and as the years progressed, i just just tired of it. And uh, But I still got to give it props four to five.
2: <laughs> all right, shout out loud. Uh, fuck, I love this one. Um, I'm not burnt out on it. Um, you know, Rock and Roll Night I'm burnt out on, but I, I love this. I, and honestly, I can't tell you which one I like more. This is a live version. I put them like kind of tied like God of Thunder. Um, I think it's a really good, it's them doing Rock and Roll All Night again. You know, let's do another. And I love when Gene and Paul trade off vocals, which doesn't happen do. much. All right. it, it, it's very rare. I mean, they, they did do it on Sonic Boom, and it sucked hard. It's like, all right, oh, stop doing I that. Mean. Yeah, stop doing that. It, but it worked back then. and uh, uh, It's just a fun song, you know. It's uh, it's one of those songs that, you know, it's like one of those, uh, let's party, dude. You know, shout out loud. And uh, I love when they perform it. They lip syncing on the movie, uh, the the uh, the Phantom movie. And uh, I don't know, man. I guess it's probably because it's part of my youth. Was this on Double Platinum? I'm kind of having a brain fart now.
0: Yes, 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 yes it was. It
2: was, yeah. I, I, I've always loved it. I mean, I wouldn't put it even on my top 20 favorite Kiss songs, but it's a fun song. It's a cool song. I dig it. So uh, I'll take the next one. Uh Beth. Yeah. Peter Chris saved Kiss. Yeah, you heard me. This song, yep. this this album was a flop. Everybody hated it. Uh it wasn't doing well. They freaked out and ran into the studio to start recording uh rock and roll over with, with uh with uh, the, the best producer they ever had, Eric, Kramer. Eddie, Eddie Kramer. They ran into the studio to do that. In the meantime, while they're there Fucking freaking out trying to do a fucking album to make people forget about Destroyer. DJs were flipping a single over of Rock and Roll. uh, I mean, uh, Detroit Rock City that had Beth on the B side. Bam, the fucking thing exploded. It became humongous. That I know, I'm pretty sure that after Beth exploded is when Paul Stanley wrote Hard Luck Woman. You say, all right, we got to do another Beth. But like, you know, I mean, initially he wrote it for uh, Rock Stewart. Right. But he ended up giving it to Peter because Rob Stewart was like, get the fuck out of here. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, Paul, but none of your semen's in my stomach yeah, <laughs> when I got it pumped out. Oh, remember those
0: rumors when we were kids about him? <laughs> yeah. That was Erica's long before you, man. There was a big rumor back in the day when he was on top of the world, you know, when me and Ralph were kids in the late 70s about uh-huh. pumping out like a... You know, how much was it, Doc? <laughs> no, they
2: had a. Uh, they didn't say how much, but they said that. He had to go to the hospital. I have cum pumped out of his stomach. <laughs> yeah.
0: Did, did you ever hear that rumor, Eric? Being as young as you, I are? never
3: heard that. But did you guys ever hear the rumor about uh, what was his name? The guy from Three Dog Night, where his dick exploded? No, no, and actually, too much sex.
2: Actually, that's actually
3: true. Yeah,
2: well, no, I, Yeah, the guy from Three Dog Night. I don't. His dick didn't explode. It broke. Yeah. <laughs> It actually broke. I was like, "God damn!" that was a good heart on you out there, and man, I like to <laughs> so meet that. Are, are
0: you being sincere?
2: This is true. This, shit. this yes. is a true this story. <laughs> the guy from Three Dog Night, Dick, broke in a groupie. Holy shit! That guy was fucking. That's broken heart. Hell yeah! <laughs> but um, all right. So so Beth, you know, it's a universally hated song from all the you know the Kiss Kiss Army and stuff. I absolutely, I call it nostalgia, call it what you will. But man, every time I hear Beth, I love it, man. It's It may be because of my childhood or what have you. It may be my denial uh, of that I really love cock. I don't know. But I know that I love this song, Beth. I think it's a beautifully orchestrated song. I heard the original version, not that different. You know, Paul Stanley trying to play down... Oh, Peter Chris didn't really have a lot to do with, you know, mm-hmm. Beth, because it was more Stan Pedridge or Edgerton. Whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a fucking demo of Peter Chris's other band. It was either Lips or... What was the other band? Chelsea. 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 One, I think it was Lips, though, that they demoed it. It's an acoustic song. Same melody. You know, it's, it's the same goddamn song, except that one was called Beck, and this one's called Beth. But mm-hmm. what... What I love about this song is the lush, orchestrated production that Bob Bob Ezrin put into the song. I love just the, and I love it even more in Resurrection where the acoustic guitar is more higher in the mix. It's just this lush, beautiful version. And I got to say right now, man, fuck this album, man. Resurrection is way better, I think, Mm. production-wise, sound wise it's just a better album i know people. Well, i
3: gotta agree with you
2: yeah dude resurrection is way better than this version i absolutely love it and i love beth i love this song i know a lot of people hate it but i'm not them so bite me all right eric,
3: what do you think of beth eric um best song on the fucking album I love Beth. I've always loved Beth. This song fucking rules. It's so. Hey, Eric, 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 Eric. Yes. Want to get a room, bro? Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's a hot take. This is the best song in the record.
2: What do you say? (laughs) Me and you and Beth on a loop. We just looped that shit all night, man. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You can call me Paul Stanley.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Call call Paul Stanley with a lisp. Paul
2: Stanley. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> from oh, Kif <laughs> alright keep going I'm sorry wait
0: wait I didn't give it any
2: ratings Beth I give uh f- oh, shit I'm gonna give this one 5 out of 5 uh Lourdes Lopez.
3: ooh <laughs> alright but yeah let me let me go back to, you know, being like Paul Stanley and sucking the dick of this song. Yeah. Fucking rules. I love it. Uh, you know, seeing Peter Chris live do this song was amazing. Um, I remember, too, being a little kid. Me and my parents, they took me there. It was like some family thing. We're at this fancy restaurant, and I remember humming this song. My dad heard me humming it, and his drunk ass just takes out a lighter. And like, woo! I just fly in this lighter. In the air, like sing
1: it, and my mom's like got
3: so mad. That's, that's awesome. Money. that's shout out to my dad right there. Um, but dude, I I love this song. I'm pissed that Kiss caved in and let Eric Singer do this song. I remember booing, I saw Kiss in 2012, my friend Nick Mills, and I just remember booing him when he Eric Singer's chest fucking sang this because. To me, to me, I was always proud of Gene Simmons for being like, "No, you can't do that song. We retired it when Peter left the band. No one's to play that." And they fucking cave and let Eric Singer do it. What about Eric Carr on uh,
0: that the uh, greatest hits late '80s thing?
3: I I didn't like it. I I got that too. CD. I remember for my for one of my birthdays and uh, Stashes, I are hits. All right, all right. I I didn't like it, but I mean, you you can tell. From what you, from what I've heard, like Eric Carr did not want to do it, and it was. No, I was just it, curious
0: what you thought of, as you made reference to Eric Singer, and I agree with what you just said. But oh,
3: only God. Peter
2: can sing this song, and yeah, yeah. Uh, with respect to uh, the late great Eric Carr, he hated it. He yeah. didn't want yeah. to do it.
3: He was hesitant. Right. He did right. not want to do it. Yeah. I just remember, too, like, I, I think it was Gene Simmons' Family Jewels or, like, something like that, where they show, like, Fudge a kiss on Taurus or Eric Singer's little short midget bitch ass being like, oh, please, can I do Beth? Please, can I do Beth? Like a little bitch. It's wow. like, no, I can't do it. <laughs> uh.
2: What a copycat bitch.
3: Yeah. Cheater. <clears throat>
0: Hate him. What's that?
2: I hate Cheater Chris. Yeah, yeah me, too.
0: Me, too, me too. All right, Beth, let me, let me say what I think
3: about Beth.
2: Wait, Wait what, what I gotta like I, let Eric give it some ratings. Okay, go
0: for
3: uh, it. One more thing, too. I remember my mom, I had a crush on her co-worker, and her name was Beth after this song. So I remember this song used to make me think of her. And so this song, I'm giving five out of five meatheads.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. I
3: used it. Did you say Meathead?
2: Yeah, like the Polak in in, uh, All in the Family. All
3: in the Family. How does he know about Meathead? That's fucking fabulous. I used to watch Nick at Night as a kid.
0: I watched... Oh, so they play that shit on... that? okay. Meathead, I love that name. Yeah. (laughs) So what do you think of Beth there, Bill? I think everything you said, cut and paste. I adore it. It's fabulous. It's fucking wonderful. It's, It's all the things you just said... Hit all the trigger fucking points with me. Nostalgia, kid, radio. Holy shit, my sister and mom. Were like, yes, this is crazy. Um, you know, put in the context way back then when it was brand new or yeah, brand new. Brand new. Um, I love it. I think it's amazing, and I can't add to anything you just said because you fucking nailed it, and uh, I give it five out of five chopsticks. Has I've have loved it since the day I first heard it. That's Even as wild. a it,
2: that's wild—a trifecta for Beth.
0: Because yeah, you get
2: yeah. three people that like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Released
0: as a single, August of nineteen seventy-six.
2: Oh, was it released as a single after it was a B-side?
0: Yeah, B-Side would have been July 28, 1976, Detroit Rock City, B-Side. Unfortunately, I don't have the specific date when it was released as a single itself. But yeah, B-Side, Detroit Rock City, July 28, seventy six, and then Beth, August, the next month later, they released it as a single on its own. I wonder what the B-Side of Beth was.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, out there. What's up? What's the B-Side of Beth? Probably probably Detroit Rock City. Yeah, you think so? Well, they probably
0: switched it around, you know? Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I need to know, look.
2: Save money. They just changed the paper on both sides, you know? Just added A and B,
0: you know? Yeah, but yeah, five that out was- of five, Doc, Doc and uh, my, my brother.
3: Right on. That's all like right. In, to, all the, to all the listeners of the Vieira Vault, if you can guess the B-side the best, you will win a free blowjob from Paul Stanley.
2: Wow. <laughs> oh, shit. You, you
3: have
2: to <laughs> fall asleep
0: first. Uh, you, know, a lot of people.
2: <laughs> you have to fall asleep first, though.
0: Yes, right? you have to be asleep.
2: Yeah. All right, I'll take the last one. Do you love me? Yes, I do. I love this fucking song. This song's amazing. And this is a song that Bob Ezrin, like Beth... I mean, the last two tracks... I love the, the, the kitchen sink shit. I love those bells you hear at the end of Do You Love Me, what he's doing. And those lyrics are fucking awesome. You really like my limousine. I just love that shit. You like my seven-inch leather heels. I I just love it. I and, and I do. I love it. I love this song. I think it's amazing. I think it's got great, great lyrics, kind of uh, – you know, rock star groupie type thing. And look at me, I'm in a limousine and bragging and, you know, cause they got some bragging rights. This is a band that busted their fucking ass. You know, uh, Kiss Destroyer era, dude, this is a band that deserved all that success because unlike other bands, this band worked harder than any band in the early days. I mean, with the makeup and the big platform shoes and the, blowing the fire and, you know, all this crazy shit that they would do on stage that no band would dare to do. And, uh, and, and they, they worked hard, man. They traveled around in in like cars, they didn't have no tour bus and, uh, you know, they would share rooms. They were just, they were hungry, really fucking hungry. So now that they made it, Paul Stanley's like, you know, gloating and like, yeah, dude, I got a limousine. I got this, I got that. And, the drum beat that opens it and you know it's just and I love, love, love the the bridge, the your backstage pass and black sunglasses. Every single element of this song is fucking gold. This song to me is a gold standard song. They should just fucking it's just a you just fucking stamp a gold star on it. Twenty-four karat gold star on Do You Love Me? Because this song is fucking amazing. And I'm only talking about the song musically. Every element of it, absolutely love it. What do you think, Eric?
3: Ralph, I fucking love this song too and the piggyback on you. um, I love the chimes and like the bells that they add at the end. Again, just another, you know, token, Bob Ezrin's just unique and amazing production style. I mean... You know, Bob Ezrin, you know, in the seventies and like early eighties just had this unique style. You knew it was a Bob Ezrin album when you heard like just the production style of an album. I love this song. It's catchy. It's just well written. I love this one. My question is though, why the hell did Paul Stanley dedicate this song to Kobe Bryant after Kobe Bryant's passing? Ouch. Did he really? Yeah, well I because they did a concert in LA and it was shortly after Kobe Bryant died and there's footage of it and he's like, you know, he does this whole thing speech about Kobe Bryant and then he puts on like his jersey and they have Lakers colors flashing. They do this and I'm like, why this song for Kobe Bryant? Does
1: Yeah. Paul,
3: you're you're you know, you're not doing a good job about hiding this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And why are you wow. gonna ask
2: somebody, do you love me after he's dead? I might as well say, hey, uh, Marilyn Monroe, do you love Dr. Fuck? <laughs> yeah.
3: <right>. Yeah. All <laughs> right, right. Exactly. But uh, no, I love this song, dude. This, it's amazing. I used to think, like, when I was younger, I used to think, why did they end the album with this song and not shout it out loud? Yeah, but now I, agree. Like, I love it. I've gotten so used to it. Just like you said, like you said, Ralph, just great song, well written. Uh, another example of why Paul is my favorite songwriter in this. And I give it five out of five Kobe Bryants.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. I,
3: I
2: didn't give it a rating. I give it five out of five Spicks.
0: <laughs> uh, hey. Oh, my goodness.
2: All right. How about you, Bill?
0: <laughs> um, You guys pretty much nailed it. I don't have anything to add to it. I'm, I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm a little bit burned out on it. But uh, I tell you one thing, when I saw the reunion tour and them doing it, I got really, really happy. And it was a really big moment. Uh, I thought it was awesome. And I mean, it's a great song. You know, it's a great song. And I'm going to give it four out of five chopsticks. Wow.
2: All right. Do we really have to discuss that last thing? Whatever the fuck. Oh, Oh, right, 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 right. Kind of like
0: the ending with the beginning. What's it called? Rock Rock and roll party yeah trippy trippy
3: yeah what do you think eric (sighs) okay i got well when i cd this before they put it on the track listing so when i was a kid you know i listened to it beginning to end i just remember like listen to do you love me i'm like yeah kiss all right and then all of a sudden i just hear this because it starts like pretty quickly after do you love me i just hear like this it sounds like fucking hell. Like the person that got in the car crash at the beginning of the song is being dragged into hell now. I just remember freaking out, like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm like, I'm like, turn. It. I don't know how to function the CD player, so I'm like trying to like turn it off because I was like freaking out. I just remember it weirded me out, and uh, I love it though. I think it's like I like Bill was saying, it's the perfect bookend. You know, yeah. it's like you start off this guy going concert, gets in the car crash, and then also now it's like you're going to hell. And it reminds me of uh, Sgt. Pepper's—that weird, creepy, like sounding, like stuff going on at the very end of the record. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, dude. Yeah.
3: My my wife got me uh, the Sergeant Pepper, like the newest remaster they did on vinyl for my birthday, and it sounded amazing, but it pissed me off. Don't include that on the album. It just stopped after Day in the Life, and I was so pissed because I love that. I love just how weird and just Kind of almost very creepy, it sounds
0: right. Doesn't Def Leppard High and Dry end with a final song with the kind of a like a weird ending, sort of? To well,
2: what it, it just is, keeps saying no, yeah. On the vinyl, the, uh, the CD it fades out really quick, but the vinyl, you have to get up and turn take the needle off because it stays saying no, 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 like you know, that, that little groove. Is at the end of the album and it just keeps going now. No, and, and it does not oh your 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 the arm of the needle won't come off. I mean, I don't know about later pressings.
0: I'm right. talking you know about the original pressing I got. Huh? It keeps over it keeps replaying it. No
3: shit. Yeah,
2: yeah. And you
0: gotta you know get up to and that? turn it
3: off. Boom. You know who else did that is, uh Bill, your boy uh Vinnie Vincent, or should oh, I say your girl right. Vinnie Vincent? That's
2: right. At the end yeah, of the Yeah, invasion uh, just
3: stopped. And that's yeah. terrible because at least High and Dry is a great record. Whereas Me Vince Invasion, it's like, oh god, I want this to stop.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh all right. Okay. Good point. I forgot
3: about that. Yeah.
2: Well, what, how many ratings do you give Rock and Roll Party? There, Eric.
3: Uh, Rock and Roll Party. Uh, hmm. I give this one five out of five. Sergeant Pepper's. Wow. How about I, you? I, Phil? I love it. I love it. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Hey,
0: Bill, what do
2: you you think of rock and roll party, Bill?
0: Um, it's a cool ending, you know. Be back then, a little kid. I was tripping out. This is before I did drugs or anything. So, um, I uh, three out of five chopsticks.
2: All right, Uh, I absolutely fucking hate it. (laughs) (laughs) I hate the book. I hate the bookends on this fucking album. I think it's pointless. It's just annoying. I don't know what's going on. And you hear little echoes of Kiss Alive on there. And and I don't like the ending of uh, Sergeant Pepper. I don't like that. Oh, I hate it, man. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's totally a nod to Dr. Uh, Doctor Pepper. Listen to me. Uh, Sergeant Pepper. Uh, <laughs> With Dr. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club, uh, But, um, no, I don't like it, dude. I don't like it. It's a minute and twenty-five it. minute, a minute and twenty-five seconds that uh, that I really don't sit through anymore. I mean, I I make sure to lift up the
3: needle once I hear that.
2: Blah 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 blah.
3: You know. Now I got uh, a question though. What when you first heard this album? What did you think when you when Do You Love Me ended and you just heard all that just just real evil sounding stuff going on? I thought I was having stomach problems. I, th- I thought it was
2: my stomach. I said, oh, man, I got to get some Alka-Seltzer.
3: You started thinking, oh, crap, I should have drank that Pepsi that Paul Stanley gave me.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um...
2: And and, and there's, there's actually credits to Brock and Roll Party. Simmons, Stanley, and Ezrin. What the huh. fuck? You know, it's like, really? There's actually... So- it just sounds like they are just threw in three some people fucking- to make that? Yeah, yeah. They took three <laughs> people to make all that noise. I don't know. I mean, I could see somebody that likes Velvet Underground like this crap, you know, because it's just noise and, you know, that um, it's like avant-garde shit on a Kiss album that, you know, that's like, that's like, you know, peanut. Yeah, you know, It's like mixing peanut butter and shit. I don't know. It just doesn't work <laughs> for me, man. Um, I, A lot of people agree. A lot
0: of people now, you agree. You know what?
3: You know what song? I Well, it's not really a song, but you know what I actually really love? It's kind of like avant-garde and a lot of people hate it. What? I love Revolution Nine from the Beals White album. I I like it's not a song, but I love it because it's just real fucking just creepy and weird. I actually really enjoy hearing that on the White album. Were you were you dropped on, on your head as a kid? Uh, no, but my brother, like my older brother, used to tape me in a cardboard box, and I think it caused some brain damage. Yeah, that that explains it. <laughs> Eric, did your
0: dad graduate from high school in the eighties? Uh, yes. Okay, cool. Right on. Yeah, I
2: did. I actually did. I'm your dad, dude.
0: No, no, no. I, I, I know it. we did, Rob. I, but I was just it. Okay, right on. Cool. You got a great dad, man. He turned you on to a lot. Yeah, of-
2: I'm, glad, I'm glad that the guy that replaced me is a good dude. <laughs> Tell your mom I'm really sorry that I went out for that pack of cigarettes and didn't come back. But you got to understand, I'm a scumbag. <laughs> All right, guys. This was awesome. You guys fucking rule. Eric, you're awesome, bro.
3: Well, yeah, you guys are awesome, too. It's great yeah, talking yeah. to you guys for the first time, like in person, well yeah. on over
2: Skype. And I got to tell you, Eric, I mean, from the bottom of my heart, and I mean this totally, I am so impressed and so happy that you put Rock and Metal Combat Podcast initials at the end of your name that I would never want to do anything with your hot-ass wife. And you're lucky, <laughs> because if you would have not added that, my friend, You'd be looking for me to kill me. Cause I would have been. <laughs> I'd walk but, home and be like, Hey, Dr. Fuck. Wh- oh, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> because if you putting that lucky, you did that. Cause she's hot, but I ain't going to do shit because hell you put yeah. that. Yeah. I'm kind of pissed off about that, but what can I do? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, congratulations on your hot wife. And, yeah. congr- Thank congr- you. <laughs> and uh, I, I really had a lot of fun with you on the show. And Bill, I would say that you rule, but I'd sound like a broken fucking record.
0: <laughs> yes, thankfully for me, that that's the case. Didn't I love being be... on the show again, and uh, I love meeting Eric. For the f- we've texted, but oh, we've yeah. never spoken on the phone. You were fantastic. You brought the you brought the goods. You were fire. It was fantastic. All the kids would say you were woke. Um, <laughs> I thought it was great. I think it's really cool for somebody. It's always good. Me and Doc talking to younger people on Facebook, social media and everything that weren't there. And we were there through all the, the everything, you know, the 80s and yeah. uh, the late 70s, you know, the hard rock metal scene all the way up until now. You know, uh, me and Doc have I've I've never if you combine me and Doc's uh, concert pedigree. I mean, like Ian has said it and, and many times, you two are the band, we are, you know, we have there's a few i've seen that doc hasn't seen there's a few docs seen that i didn't see so for you to respect the, uh, your elders no pun intended kiss elder <laughs> I, I i love that and the fact that your dad's the same age as me and doc is uh, Oh yeah. yeah but it's cool because hey, your dad is yeah, cool class and just like me and doc we got great musical taste and so do you and you were fantastic tonight my honor to be mm-hmm. on your show with you sir
3: I got to say it was an honor to be on the show with, with the, both of you. Uh, I mean, you, uh, Ralph, Bill, and uh, and he's not with us, but Ian, I mean, you know, Rock and Bell Combat Podcast, man, that changed my life. You know, just, you know, you people, you know, you guys have been like, uh, you know, went from being just some uh, show I listen to, man, to being like, you know, friends and uh, people I really look up to and really inspire me every day in life, man. You guys, you know, your friendships, uh, mean, mean the world to me, you know, and I'm glad, uh, you guys came in my life, man, you know, uh, got me, me you know, you know, shared the same love of the music, you know, I enjoy. And, uh, also, you know, especially got me in some newer bands that maybe I didn't look into or never heard of. And it's just, you know, it's, you know, it means a lot. You know, it's real special. I really appreciate the fact that, you know, I, I discovered you guys. And, you know, you guys. Eric, you know, when
0: did you discover Rocket Metal Combat Podcast? And when was the first episode you heard that I was on?
3: <laughs> it was yeah. funny. I think I was going to bring this up. But, uh, yeah. You it, got uh, to, man. I love this shit. Uh, when yeah. did, did you get into it? It was 2014. Um, I, just, I just went through a breakup. Uh Michelle zambrano broke my heart, fucking bitch.
2: Notice uh, <laughs> that bill, she
3: didn't have two names. <laughs> <laughs> no, broke my heart, man. I was kinda at home and at the time I was listening to a lot of KISS, you know, and I was kinda down the dumps, you know, and uh so I went on YouTube and uh I was really like I was listening to Asylum a lot 'cause uh my favorite KISS song is Who Wants to Be Lonely, which is very weird to a lot of people, but so I was, like, trying to look up, like, you know, Kiss Asylum stuff, and I discovered uh, Ralph's album review, and I'm like, man, this guy's fucking cool. I'm like, he's, he's not like other podcasts or reviewers out there, you know? He's, he's more funny. He just says what's on his mind, and I watched... He doesn't watched take himself so
0: fucking serious, like some right. Kiss podcast people do.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah.
3: Yeah, but, man, I loved his style. We agreed did, with a
2: lot, disagreed hey, with a lot. Eric, did you like when I, in a solemn review I said, uh, "Man, who wants to be lonely? Fucking sucks." <laughs> that's why I saw yeah, that. but I'm that's like, almost human, Eric.
0: I meant, when did you get turned on to the Rock and Mel Combat podcast? Well, that, or are, that, are you talking that, about this? I'm that's,
2: the, I'm sure that's the gateway, right? Oh, okay, yeah,
0: okay.
3: Much like Kiss was the gateway to my love of music, but I watched his videos. And one day, you post something uh, about this Rock and Mel Combat podcast. And I was listening the Three Sides of the Coin at the time, which, uh eh, it got a little Great guests. Gotta give
0: it. They have wonderful guests. You know, yeah, like, me. Yeah, well, <laughs> besides you, they have some of the minutiae, some of the most amazing guests on the planet. I've had issues with the guy, and he talks shit about me, but his podcast is fantastic. No doubt about it.
3: Yeah. I, I enjoyed some episodes. It was just, it was one of those things, man, I felt like they played it too safe, but then Ralph posted something about Rocky Metal Combat Podcast Reviews, Women and Children First by Van Halen. I'm like, fuck yeah, I love Van Halen. So I listened to it, man, and I was hooked ever since.
0: Uh, So that's the first episode. What is that, Ralph, like episode? Oh, uh, I wouldn't know. very early.
2: I don't even remember doing that one.
0: (laughs) Okay. All (laughs) right, so (laughs) when's the first episode you heard with me? (laughs) I think it was Lick It Up. I think
3: it was Lick It Up. Oh, wow, so we're talking
0: 2014, okay. Yeah, really we're talking
3: about, about Vince uh, fucking signing his history book really fucking big.
0: Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> I love hearing that because I always, you know, when I met so many goddamn people from my connection to the um, podcast that Ralph and Ian created, which is I don't take for granted. I'm very honored. Um, I was doing podcasts before Rocket Mill Combat Podcast. Uh, but the fact when I got connected to that, it just went batshit crazy I'm I'm very honored to be part of it and I just love hearing people's stories of when they got turned on to the show and you know especially I gotta
2: gotta say man like nine times out of ten when you ask somebody how they discovered rock and metal Comedy podcast it's all through almost human man uh nine times out of ten or you know I'm I'm telling you it's because you know it's because I rule that hard and I'm also very (laughs) modest
0: I was going to say very it. modest and humble, actually. Yeah, yeah I'm very, very humble.
2: But yeah, uh, almost human has a lot, a lot to do with the with the, with the rock and metal combat podcast's uh, uh, success. Initial, I'm not initial connection. But you know, here's the thing. Yeah, no, it's the connection. But when people watch me, like, oh yeah, I like this guy. Let me go listen to this podcast he does. Then they hear Ian, they become hooked. Because Ian is awesome. Yeah. Ian is <laughs> fucking awesome. I may not be his friend anymore. I may never talk to him again. But I got to say, he was fucking
0: awesome. Oh my and it God, was
2: he's hilarious. And him had as much to do with the success of that show as I did. It was 50-50. I think personally he's funnier than me. But he didn't bring in the people like I did. But it's because of him, people became really addicted to the show because Nobody jives better than me and Ian. Nobody. I'm sorry. I haven't heard his new podcast. I can't say. But I'd be totally shocked if anybody would say his calls talks about having his ass licked. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Huh?
0: Or oh, is that yeah, another? Pick of the
2: week. <laughs> <laughs> no, of the week. Uh, Okay, I got a pick of the week. I picked my ass earlier. Okay, there you go. (laughs) I don't want my... Hey, look, man. I respect Rock and Metal Combat Podcast to try to replicate it, because I can't. Uh, I can't uh, do it. I don't want to do it. I want... Hey, hey. The Vault has been around during the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. This is not something I started after I left. This is... And I purposely made a podcast to be different. I know it's not better. I ain't kidding myself. I know we rock and metal's the best. We are the podcast kings. We are the greatest podcast that ever will be. Diddly D. I'm not. I
0: diddly diddly But, yeah. but used- Let me let me recommend an episode if you don't mind. If since we're talking about the uh, the amazing rock and metal comment podcast, why? Because it's a place to be. Diddly D. Hello. Oh, I want to fucking recommend something that. The, the Metallica load episode. Not reload. Reload, I was too drunk and I sound like a pompous. <laughs> but that load episode is fucking fabulous. So everybody out That's there... A
2: great episode. Well, yeah. I gotta go back and listen. I don't remember.
0: So uh, The boys, the inventors of the podcast in the prime, and lovable Bill Wang, me, and uh, we were all just on fire, man. It was great. Good time.
3: You guys are like literally the rush of uh, podcast. Yeah, the, the dynamic trio. Hell yeah. yeah.
0: Does that mean I'm John? Ruck? No, no. Uh, uh, sp- sp- no, you're Neil.
2: You're Ruff. Neil Peart. You came later.
0: Terence is John <laughs> Rutsy. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> Terrence is John Rutsy. He's more like John Nutsy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Batman, man, really deep. Oh boy. All right, guys. Uh, so. Again, thank you both for coming here. And uh, we'll be... We'll, these two these two knuckleheads will return on the Vieira Vault. All right, guys. Thank you. I want to thank Bill Wang and Eric Jordan, RMCP. That was a lot of fun doing that episode. And it was a lot of fun now editing it. <laughs> I did edit quite a bit out. But, you know, I mean... um, Stuff that, you know, we just talked about. Other stuff that really had nothing to do with the album and so forth. But... But still, it was a great conversation. Even the stuff that didn't make it on. But I left the juicy, cool stuff on. So that was a great episode. I I really enjoyed going back and editing it. And uh, thanks, guys. You guys were great. All right. All right, all right, all right. Now it's time to go into the vault. This week in the Vieira Vault, I'm going to play sweet pain from destroyer the resurrected version that had ace fraley playing a solo on it which i spoke about earlier it's like i don't understand why they didn't leave this solo in i think it's better than dick wagner solo my personal opinion but let's do it here's sweet pain from destroyer resurrected a resurrection whatever the fuck it's called by Kiss from Destroyer Resurrected or Resurrection or whatever Uh, All right, everybody out there listening right now thank you so much especially if you're still listening to me now I know I say that every week but I mean it every week and and again a special thanks to Mr. Bill Wang and uh, Eric Jordan RMCP so uh yep I got more episodes yep there's no end in sight Next Sunday, I'll see you here again on the Vieira Vault. schmack a gob